So today, we're going to be talking about encountering God through communion. And as we go to the Word today, I want you to join me in reciting the psalm that the Lord gave us at the very beginning of the year. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Come on, church. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, there are wonderful promises throughout this psalm. But today, the one we're going to pay attention to is verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. What table? What table are we talking about? What table? Could it be, I think so, that David was prophesying of that magnificent and glorious table that we're on our way to, hallelujah, in heavenly places when we will sit with Jesus for the marriage supper of the Lamb. I believe that will become more and more real to you as you think through it, as things we go through today, that it really is when we go to heaven for the marriage supper of the Lamb, it's a communion table that we're going to be going to and participating in. Passover for the Jews is a defining story of every Jewish family and the paramount meal of the year in Jewish homes in the spring of the year during Passover time. As part of that Passover ritual, young children ask their fathers, why is this night different from all other nights? And the father or the grandfather would answer and would say, because on this night we were set free from our slavery. The ritual doesn't take place in a synagogue, which is interesting, our quote, we could say church, synagogue, it didn't take place there, but in a home. That ritual takes place at a table in their home. And throughout the meal, Psalms, of course, and portions of the Old Testament applaud the goodness of God in setting his people free. But to the Jew, Passover is nothing less than an encounter with God. Now, that encounter that they said was like an encounter with God. It is remembrance of what God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob declared to his people in Exodus chapter 12. On that night, I will pass through the land of Egypt and strike down every firstborn son and firstborn male animal in the land of Egypt. I will execute judgment against all the gods of Egypt for I am the Lord. Now you do know, let me stop here. There is another judgment coming that the Lord himself will put in motion after, called the wrath of God, after the church is gone. 
So it said, I will execute judgment against all the gods of Egypt, for I am the Lord. But the blood on your doorpost will serve as a sign, marking the houses where you're staying. And when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. This plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. This is a day to remember. Each year, from generation to generation, you must celebrate it as a special festival to the Lord. This is a law for all time. Now, centuries later, when the families of Israel were celebrating yet another Passover, if you remember, in Israel, children were asking, why is this night different from all other nights? Jesus, at that time, 2,000 years ago, gathered his disciples around him at a table in the upper room, what we call it, and he reinterpreted the ancient observance that was being remembered in every household throughout Israel. Luke 22 tells us about it. He took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. And then he went on and he added in Matthew 26, Mark my words, he says, I will not drink wine again until the day I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Now, that's the marriage supper of the Lamb that we're talking about there. So, in just a few words, Jesus announced the fulfillment, in all honesty, of Exodus 12, that the manner of the Passover uh, that was on the table was a symbol of his body, and that the wine in the Passover cup was a symbol of his blood, which was about to be poured out not for a physical deliverance from Egyptian bondage, but for a much greater deliverance that all of us need. You know, oh my word, forgiveness of sin, freedom from the power of sin, and a brand new way of life. And he commanded that we remember what was happening that night this unique and revolutionary Passover that took place that night in that upper room, for it prophesies a greater Passover to come. The moment when, our, when after centuries of waiting, Jesus will again come. He'll take the cup, drink with us in his Father's kingdom. Now to my right and to my left, there are tables set before you, with bread and with the fruit of the vine, just as there were the night Jesus introduced the act of communion to his disciples. The question comes, how well do we really understand what we're doing and why we come to this table? The Lord's table is a holy place to be approached with reverence and honor to the king. In other words, you are invited to come. Matter of fact, it takes an invitation to come. Now, it must never become commonplace for partaking of the bread and the fruit of the vine. It's very significant 
And we all have to admit, sometimes we kind of go ho-hum. Sometimes it's just something we do, you know. But the Lord said, it's an encounter with God himself when you come to these tables. That you should expect an encounter. Now, the very fact that it was introduced at a table during a meal then removes it from religion and rituals and presents it as a gathering of family and friends, exactly what Jesus created it to be. The very word communion means a close relationship with someone in which feelings and thoughts are exchanged. So we're talking about communion with the Lord Jesus Christ. Communion then is about your friendship with Jesus. Friendship involves honesty, transparency, loyalty, trust, empathy, humor, and support. Now all of these traits apply in our friendship with each, when it comes to Jesus, at least they should, just as they should apply with your friendship with each other. Celebrating communion is not a ritual, and it's not a tradition. It's a sacred act of obedience in which we enjoy the encounter of the Lord Jesus himself. Now, Jesus is in the house. Jesus is here along with cloud of witnesses. Jesus is here, and we're coming to dine at his table. And he's going to allow us to participate in it. So we're about to experience the table of the Lord. I want you to consider the following about partaking of communion. Five things I want you to take in consideration. We're talking about a God encounter as we come to participate in this holy gathering today. Number one, it is a commemorative meal. So as we approach the Lord's table to partake of the bread and the fruit of the vine, we are to remember his unspeakable sacrifice. Not just the pain of Calvary, but his entire life of self-denial. Some of us don't know anything about self-denial. See, Jesus comes to give us peace and love and, and so that we can encounter this, this presence of Jesus that permeates our being. We, we don't know exactly what to say about it, but it's, it's something very different. Now, are you sensing the atmosphere changing? You could if you wanted to sense it. Because it just began to change again just then. Number two, it's a covenant meal. A covenant, you remember, is a binding agreement between two parties. Jesus never breaks covenant with us. It's we who have broken covenant with him. And still, he invites us to come and dine at his table. Is that not amazing? 
That certainly says he's not mad with us. He's eager to share himself with us because his blood is all sufficient. I love the way the Lord put this. He says, take me to yourself as you pick up the bread. Take who I am, whatever need might be, all the things that Jesus represents. Take me. Take me as the healer. Take me to yourself. Take me as the comforter. Take me as the peace giver. Take me whatever it is you need, the freedom, the life giver. Take me to yourself when you pick up the bread. Drink in my life as you lift the cup to your lips. Drink in who I am. In other words, take me to yourself and let me live through you. Number three, I love this. It's a conqueror's meal. Psalm 23 says that our shepherd prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. The devil hates it when we take communion as much as he hates it when we praise and worship the Lord. (laughs) He can't stand it. And in both cases, taking communion, or praising and worship the Lord in both cases, we are reminding the devil of his defeat and our victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. We are victorious. We are not waiting to be a conqueror. We are a conqueror. Jesus does not wait to make you a conqueror based on how you live your life. The moment you come to him, you are a conqueror. Never not to be one unless you slide back and don't believe it. And that's you not believing. He doesn't change it. He doesn't make you a conqueror one day and the next day you're not. You do that. Not him. Taking communion is one of the most powerful counterattacks to the devil's harassment in your life. The Lord's table is the table for conquerors. That's who will come down this morning. You say, well, I don't feel like a conqueror. What's that got to do with it? (laughs) We are who Jesus says we are based on accepting what he has done in our lives. Number four, it's a community meal. Communion is a family event in the kingdom of God. Breaking bread with each other comes from an ancient tradition that always indicated goodwill toward others within the community. Freely sharing one's life, freely sharing one's possessions, one's time and talents for the building up, you know, of of the family of God. Paul gave a strong warning about this aspect of communion. 2 Corinthians 11, 27. So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. That's why you should examine yourself before you come to the table, before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you're eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. 
That is why many of you are weak and sick, and some have even died. Now, we cannot approach the table of the Lord harboring grudges toward other people of the church family. If you do, you often open up yourself to sickness and disease, Paul says. Now, that doesn't mean you have to be bosom buddies with everybody. But what it does mean is that if you have something against a brother or against a sister, you need to take care of it before you come to the table. Number five, it's a coming home meal. Paul said, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Now, in addition to all we said, taking communion is a prophetic act. So each time we pick up the bread and drink from the cup, we remind ourselves that a greater Passover is yet to come. That glorious moment when God himself will sound that trumpet. At that sound, the Bible said the dead in Christ all over the world will burst from their graves. That's their bodies. They come up first and we follow them to meet Jesus in the air. And so we will forever be with the Lord. So how, what can we say about that Passover? We can say we will pass over this world into his kingdom. His eternal kingdom. Glory to God. We're about to leave. 